Electronic Specifier. Hello and welcome back to Electronic Specifier Insights. Today we're joined by Tim Tabiner, Technical Sales Director of Advantech. Hi Tim and welcome. Hi. Shall we begin with an introduction of yourself and your position at Advantech? Of course. I'm Tim Tabiner and I'm the Technical Sales Director for Advantech Industrial Internet of Things Europe. Actually, the title's a bit misleading these days. It dates back to when I ran our European team of product strategy managers. These days, I have more of a general internal consultancy role, helping with a number of business initiatives, as well as spending a lot of time on our online communications with things like this podcast. Okay. Would you like to tell us about Advantech and some of the chief solutions that it offers? Yeah, so we're a global corporation headquartered in Taiwan, formed in 1983, Current revenues are around the $2 billion mark with roughly 8,500 employees across 26 countries. In the UK, we've got around 35 people with offices in London and Newcastle. We're one of the top five Taiwanese brands and IoT One, for example, ranks us as one of the top 10 global industrial IoT companies. We're the number one supplier by market share for industrial PCs when you consider all the forms they take. And of course, they don't all have our name on them. But the the chances are, if you're working in industrial automation, then you're using something manufactured by us one way or another. And essentially, we provide the enabling technology for industrial IoT applications. So sensors and sensor interfaces, communications for wired and wireless technologies. So Ethernet, Wi-Fi, cellular as well as some of the more niche technologies like LoRaWAN, edge gateways, industrial computers, training servers and inference edge devices for AI applications, together with a range of software frameworks, tool chains and applications, both from us or with partners. So, so essentially, if you think about the technology stack needed to get information from sensors and devices, transform, enrich and aggregate it, communicate it both locally and remotely and consolidate and operate it on it at, at the local or the enterprise level, then we provide pretty much all of the building blocks users and systems integrators need to construct robust and reliable end-to-end systems or any part of the end-to-end stack that they need. Okay, shall we move on to 5G? Could you give me a technical definition of 5G, such as in terms of its frequency bands and its major applications? Yeah, well, the first thing to understand is that 5G isn't just one thing. It's, it's an amalgamation of some existing and some new technologies. You know, I don't think the details of things like the actual frequency are necessarily that important, other than to say there's some new higher frequency spectrum, which gives the possibility of faster data rates in some applications. But many of the real benefits actually come from mods in the network core and in the radio access networks. You know, we get more flexibility on slicing and dicing of allocated spectrum together with better beam forming capability, plus a lot of enhancements about how messages are transported within the core. You know, I can't pretend to be a deep technical expert on it, but but I think in any case, the market's more interested in what the technology can deliver compared to previous generations. And there's already a lot being promised here, you know, faster communications bandwidth, greater device density, better signal penetration, lower latency, lower device power consumption, higher reliability. You know, the list just goes on and on. But what isn't made completely clear all the time is that many of these benefits are mutually exclusive. And that in many cases, there won't actually be a significant advantage compared to what's already possible with LTE. So so users really need to look at the specifics of their application rather than simply greeting 5G as the the universal panacea that some commentators suggest it's going to be. 
Okay. How is 5G set to transform IIoT applications, particularly within factories? For example, what are the potential opportunities for 5G as an alternative to Wi-Fi in factory applications? Well, one of the biggest transformations we'll see for IoT isn't necessarily in factories. If you look at the volume predictions from the analysts, it's pretty clear that the big change will be in bringing much more low-level remote or mobile data into systems. Now, in turn, that will have an impact in the factory as it will enable ever-increasing integration and optimization, not only of individual processes or locations, but of the entire supply chain from raw material through to the end customer and beyond into service provision. In the factory itself, although there's potential for faster comms using the millimeter wave frequencies, these use cases are going to be fairly limited due to the need for good line of sight paths. We're seeing more potential from the ultra-reliable low-latency communication, the, the UR LLC side. But again, it won't be right for every application. There's some work going on around layer two routing through the network that'll improve things from where we are today. But still, perhaps the biggest benefit will actually come from the improvements in the core routing. To your specific question, you know, Wi-Fi has a best efforts delivery system. Uh, you can play around a bit with things, but ultimately, if you're running a network that has critical machine data mixed with routine traffic, such as file transfers, web calls, and so on, there will be times where the critical data doesn't get through when it should. The network and spectrum slicing with 5G overcomes this by being able to provide dedicated high priority channels for the critical data, but then allows the use of the same infrastructure for lower priority traffic using different channels and different routing in the core. So this can even work right down to application levels within a single device if needed. So a single edge device with a single SIM can be offering different levels of service to the operator interface, for example, compared to what it's offering for the real-time control elements. I think one other area where we'll see the improved slicing and routing capabilities helping will be in disaster recovery, You know, where in a factory it'll be possible to switch over from a failed private network to a public 5G network very quickly, which will dramatically increase the overall operational resilience. Okay, well, following on from that, I see that Advantech already has 5G products in the market. Could you tell us something about those and how they can help customers to harness the power of 5G to bring computing closer to users? Yeah, we're working with 5G technologies at uh, a number of levels. On the pure data acquisition side, we have a number of sensors and sensor interfaces which can natively connect directly onto 5G networks. That includes some that are battery powered, meaning they can be deployed in remote locations where power isn't available or it's expensive to connect to. You know, repeating an earlier point, actually, that's one of the technologies that works today within LTE networks that will remain part of the 5G world because MBIoT is part of the 5G specification. So that's an area where users can actually start to get some of the benefits that will come from 5G right now. Of course, we've got a substantial cellular router business, and so naturally we offer a number of these devices with 5G connectivity, and we support both standalone or, or pure 5G architectures, as well as non-standalone ones where there's a mix of 4 and 5G core and, and RAD technologies. So we've got future-proofing built in. I think the really interesting part is what else we do at the edge, though. There are ranges of our routers and our edge computers that also offer things like Docker, so users can effectively offer 
edge of network computing to third parties in a secure way by allowing them to access one or more containers on the edge device. And that coupled with the network slicing capabilities I've already spoken about in 5G, offering different levels of service to individual applications running on the same device, starts to open up possibilities for some interesting new use cases and even some new business models. And then in the network core, we're offering a number of devices that support the new 5G features. So we're really involved all the way up the 5G stack. Okay, well, recognising that many customers' projects are planned to scale over a wide geographical area, what support do you offer for remote management and monitoring? I'm glad you raised this, as it's one of the, the key discussions users need to have. You know, many proof of concepts work, but when you try to scale up, the cost of installing, configuring and maintaining the entire system becomes prohibitive. The market really needs to start understanding where the real cost savings are when you look at the lifetime costs of ownership, because they aren't about saving a few dollars on each of the you know, edge device capital purchases. And a proper device management solution is the key to this. It minimizes the number of times users have to send high dollar resources to site. And it means that when it is necessary, there's already a good idea of what the problem is. So you can send the right person with the right spares and equipment. You know, another consideration in our post-COVID world is that you can't actually guarantee that an engineer can, can go to a site to fix a problem. And in these scenarios, a good device management system can really be the difference between success and failure. So it's something we've got well covered at Advantech and probably something we should shout about a little bit more. We've got solutions for remote onboarding of devices where users can take a generic device out of the box, have it installed by a contractor, and when it's switched on, it automatically gets identified and configured with the necessary applications, configuration parameters, and so on. We've got solutions that remotely monitor the health of key system elements, such as the, the processor core temperatures or the fan operation in systems where fanless options aren't used. And we can apply alarm limits to those to proactively give early indications of developing problems in the system. We can remotely patch operating systems, upgrade or install applications and so on. And depending upon the devices we're talking about, we can even do this in situations where the operating system itself has crashed and we use out-of-band techniques to actually get the thing back up and running. And of course, we can remotely execute the principal fault correction technique learned by generations of service engineers, which is to power cycle the remote device, even if it's just a temporary fix until the user can get to site. Okay, that all sounds very, very clear and very understandable and very, very needed. I also understand that Advantech has recently helped a customer set up a solution for autonomous guided vehicles, which leverages a dedicated private 5G network. Could you tell us a bit more about that, please? Yeah, sadly, I can't provide a massive detail because of confidentiality agreements, but we're involved with a, a major manufacturer of extremely high value, very large, but relatively delicate mechanical assemblies. Uh, and the challenge they've got is that to move these assemblies around needs multiple vehicles all out acting in a coordinated manner. There's a desire to move the operation over to AGVs, but the challenge has been how to coordinate their movement with a high enough reliability and low enough latency to, to avoid damaging the this huge thing that they're carrying around. So... So private 5G appears to offer the necessary characteristics and we've been involved in providing technology that proves the case. 
I think what we've learned from the experience is that for some of the other applications 5G is being suggested for, the latency offered by URL LC isn't quite there yet. We're consistently seeing latencies of around 12 to 14 milliseconds, whereas a lot of tightly coupled robotics applications, for example, need four milliseconds or better. There's some work going on in the core to improve things with features like the layer two routing, which will be needed if we're going to run protocols like Ethercat over the network. So there's still work to be done. I think also we have to remember that 5G is a radio technology, so it's still subject to interference and all of those things that are just part of physics. And I suspect there's going to be some heavy industries where the environment will impact message latencies. Many use cases are still in the verification or evaluation stage. So it's not clear at the moment just how real time we can ultimately, ultimately go in every situation. Another use case we have shows some of the other challenges. Uh, we've got a customer who's looking into using 5G to control drones. Unfortunately, while they've got a performance requirement that's in line with the URLLC part of 5G, they've got a price and power expectation that's aligned with the opposite end of the spectrum. Uh, and you'll remember I said right at the start that 5G isn't one thing, but it's a collection of technologies. And it still isn't being made clear enough out in the market that some of the features of 5G you know, are mutually exclusive. You can't have really fast communications, ultra low latency, and at the same time have very low power and very low cost. So Yeah, sometimes we just want it all, don't we? <laughs> How can industry decision makers best leverage the opportunities 5G has to offer? Well, they can buy our routers, edge computers and IO devices. <laughs> but seriously, one of the big points is that a lot of these use cases can actually be serviced perfectly well by the LTE technology that's available today. You know, given there are roadmaps for hybrid systems using 4G RAM with 5G cores and vice versa, and the eventual migration through to full end-to-end 5G systems, actually one of the best options for users today is to start using the existing technology for the applications it can address, and at the same time start trialling the specific bits of 5G that address the remaining things they need to do by investing in proof of concepts around those very specific use cases. Okay, I understand Advantech's focus is on anticipating customers' upcoming needs. What do you see as being the defining aspects of 5G and the IoT of the future? We've covered a lot of this already, but I think the exciting areas are where 5G is one of the technologies converging with others to be really transformative. So, so things like bringing high-quality remote or mobile CCTV into AI systems coupled to machine learning. There's a lot of potential applications for, for this combination, both in industry, in, in sort of inspection, but also in smart city and transportation. I think the high penetration, low power characteristics 5G has is going to enable more sensor deployments in difficult-to-reach applications, which in turn will result in more comprehensive data being fed into decision-making from further out in the supply chain and logistics operations. I've spoken a lot about the network slicing, but that coupled with virtualization, hypervisor, and containerization technologies in the edge really allow us to leverage that edge computing asset. You know, one SIM allows multiple APNs via the edge with different routing policies in the core. So, for example, on a bus, the ticket transaction data can be on a different slice to the infotainment, and yet another slice can carry the CCTV monitoring 
each with different levels of security and access policies, but still via a single edge device. You know, another example is in blue light on a single phone carried by the responder, we can separate slices to prioritize the emergency calls or data from data from non-essential traffic and even have separate slices and containers allowing the responder to also use the phone as a personal comms device. Again, all on a single phone with a single SIM. This ability to offer multiple environments and services from a single physical device is also leading to business cases where operators effectively lease computing resource at the edge of the network. Okay, with the benefits of IoT and 5G now discussed, could you explain how you think the transition from Industry 4.0 to Industry 5.0 will play out? And what do you think will be the main benefits of this new era connectivity over the next five years? So we've already discussed slicing as an example of how this, how we give different levels of service and characteristics to applications on a single endpoint device. That's going to accelerate the trends towards more capable edge computing devices and containerization and virtualization. Not necessarily dependent on 5G, but certainly going to be accelerated by it will be the trends towards hyper-customization. We've got a customer who makes automated packing machines used in distribution centers. Uh, and the concept is, you know, the operator picks a part and places it under a scanner, and then downstream, a machine builds a customized box for the specific part, which means less wastage in packing and no need to stock lots of different size boxes. 5G is going to allow that sort of application to be extended across different geographical centers and across different processes much more easily. The low power, low cost part of 5G enables the possibility to track less expensive items than is currently cost, uh, cost effective, either for tracking things like temperature and humidity for quality purposes, or simply to know where an item is physically located. You know, crucially, we're going to be able to do this on a global scale, which again feeds into that idea of optimizing complete supply chains rather than just individual processes or factories. I think the other area where we're seeing advancement as the result of 5G is in areas where wireless cooperation or coordination of devices is needed in real time. Again, this comes down to the slicing capabilities, meaning high priority traffic has dedicated spectrum. But an example here is the the work that's being done and the developments that are being done around cobots, which need real-time coordination of people and things. Lastly, is there anything else that you'd like to add? Yeah, I think 5G is another example of an emerging truth in an IoT world, and that's that no one company knows it all or can do it all. You know, cooperation and co-creation is, is the key to the future. Building partner ecosystems where each party brings something to the table that has value and which helps develop an optimal solution. It's not practical, for example, for a manufacturer of packing machines to invest the time and effort to have internal experts on all of the technologies which come together to form an IoT solution. They need to partner with companies like Advantech who, who can advise them on various technologies available to them and the benefits and pitfalls of each. In turn, we already partner with a range of companies who build layers on top of our enabling technology to provide turnkey solutions to strategic business problems. You know, um, I've been involved with IoT for over 20 years since the invention of MQTT, and we identified very early on that ecosystem partnerships were going to be necessary for IoT to work. In the early days, clients found this really difficult because they wanted the traditional one-to-one client-supplier relationship 
basically so they knew who to beat up if things went wrong, right? But sadly, that couldn't work because of all of the layers of stacked margins that were implied by having all those uh, people going through single, you know, single entities. Thankfully, we're, we're finally emerging into a situation where end users, systems integrators, and suppliers of enabling technology like Advantac now understand the benefits of effective partnerships. So now we're getting involved in a lot of projects where we're not just a hardware supplier, but instead we're part of the design process. Wonderful. Well, Tim, thank you ever so much for your time today. It's been really informative and I personally have taken quite a lot from this conversation and I really hope our listeners are too. You're very welcome. Thanks a lot. Electronic Specifier.